Welcome listeners to episode number nine of the Andrew Food for Thought podcast. Today I'm joined by my guest Justin Kim and our topic for today's podcast is going to be about Korean food and a restaurant that we ordered food from today called Coco Bang here in San Francisco in the Tenderloin District. Um, actually just a few blocks away from the restaurant that we did our last podcast at called Day Afghan about five blocks down. Um, so today we um, did things a little bit differently. A lot of the episodes in the past we've recorded at the restaurant, but we decided to order delivery. And so we had uh, Coco Bang um, here at the apartment and we're just re uh, recording um, here in the apartment as well. Um, so there won't be the same kind of uh, background noise and Coco Bang actually is, is pretty loud. So that'll um, help with the sound quality for this episode. A little bit of background on Justin. Uh, he grew up in Korea, so he um, had a lot of different types of Korean food growing up, has lived in the United States uh, since he was in high school for the most part. Um, and both he and I went to school at Indiana University and worked at the same company for a few years. Um, so glad to have him on the podcast today. Um, so to get started, Justin, if you want to tell us about Coco Bang um, and maybe describe what the atmosphere is like, what, what we ordered today, what you like there, um, and anything else. So Coco Bang is a great place to hang out with your friends, especially when you want to go out for some night food and Korean drinks. Um, I don't know if anybody have tried soju before, um, but soju is a Korean alcohol, um, maybe about 20% pure alcohol. We also mix soju with beer. Uh, we call it somek. Um, so is from soju and mek is from mekju, which means beer in Korean. So we combine the first letter from each drink, call it somek. And that's also a very well-known drink and people love to drink that in Korea. Kokobang is pretty popular place in the city. Um, they have a lot of different Korean night foods which um, include Korean fried chicken, um, kimchi, seafood pancakes, um, army soup, and kimchi fried rice, etc. So uh, tonight we had kimchi fried rice and Korean fried chicken, which they are always good. And especially uh, Korean fried chicken it's just still pretty decent. I mean, I would definitely um, prefer to eat chicken in Korea. It's it's better unless you are in LA. Um, it's it's um, definitely better in Korea. But at least I'm still happy to be able to grab some Korean fried chicken in the Bay Area. The atmosphere at Coco Bang is pretty nice. Um, they have both Korean and some of. Um, the pop English music going on and they also turn on the music videos on the wall so um, it, it, it's very chill you can't really hear what um, people at the other table are saying so you you get to talk to your friends it, it's actually a pretty decent place to hang out and to to connect with your friends especially when you haven't catch up with those people for a long time the atmosphere at, at Coco Bang, it's more of like the ego later at night, like they um, tend to be, it's like a small place, it's kind of loud, it's in a neighborhood that's um, kind of easy access from a lot of the nightlife. And then there's, there's you know, other Korean restaurants that give you kind of a di different kind of atmosphere. So Coco Bang, it's small, but other places, um, you know, they have different kinds of food, maybe higher end, maybe um, more... Uh, Korean barbecue style. So what are some of the other restaurants, uh, Korean restaurants that you like in San Francisco and in the Bay Area? 
Yeah, uh, great question. So I think there are a few places that comes to my mind. Um, so one is Yakiniku, which is all you can eat place in Japantown. So I think it's about $25, maybe 26. I haven't been there for a while, so the, the price might have gone up a little bit. Um, but their, their quality is pretty good. Um, there's also another all-you-can-eat place in Oakland called Gogi Time. Um, I think those are the two places if you live near San Francisco. But there are other all-you-can-eat places in, in the South Bay that are also good. There's another place called uh, Barnju. Um, it's actually owned by one of my friend's friends. Um, it's a very Korean fusion-styled uh, place. So, for example, they have a dish, something like kimchi pasta, which I never imagined dish like that in my life. So I had to try it, and it was really good. Um, they also have similar dishes to Kokoban, but I would say it's higher quality. Um, maybe it's more luxurious inside as well, um, but also it's a little bit pricey too. So if you like to get a better quality of the food, um, the Korean fusion dishes, I would say Barnju is definitely one of the places I would recommend. Mm -hmm. And I believe you can make reservation at the place. Yeah, so you and I, we've both been to, to Barnzu once and then to Coco Bang a few times. Barnzu, it feels modern and just a little bit more um, upscale where they, where they have like the nice uh, polished tables, the good woodwork and the open kitchen. You can see them cooking and um, nice big windows where you see people walking by and more of a place where you like sit down, order from the menu and and have like a hour, you know, hour and a half type of dinner um, potentially. Uh, whereas Coco Bang more of kind of an in and out type of place where you can go in, order really quick. They're trying to like turn the tables over. It's a loud place. It's just a lot more casual. Um, so a different kind of atmosphere. Yeah, maybe one more thing to add. So Barnju, I would say it's better if you want to eat something during the dinner time. Whereas Coco Bang opens late. So if you get hungry after midnight, Coco Bang is probably a place you want to go to um, because they open until either 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. So, you know, you know, every every restaurant in the city pretty much close at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if you get hungry at night, Coco Bang is the place. If you want to have a pretty nice meal, uh, there's some quality, uh, high quality of the food, actually. Um, I would definitely recommend Barnju. So earlier you mentioned how uh, maybe for the fried chicken, there's some places that you can go down in LA or in SoCal that are a little bit better. Um, so just a side note, like you and I went to a fried chicken place in LA just a couple weeks back and it was a very small establishment where there's only one guy who works there and he even has a sign on the wall saying that I'm a one man team making your chicken, like don't rush me. But it was just this tiny little uh, restaurant with a couple of tables kind of hidden behind a building and um, some of the best fried chicken that I've had, like they had spicy chicken, some of it comes with like a jalapenos or a dipping sauce, there's like a, a liquid kind of sauce and then another one that's more thick, um, more of like a texture of like a barbecue sauce. And then I think they gave us like a side salad and some other stuff, like a fruit salad. So um, yeah, LA definitely like more Korean restaurants, they get have a Korea town and, and more options. And so that one in particular, like I thought was really nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously I think I'm not sure if it's truth or myth, but 
I heard LA's Korean population is the second largest um, in the world. Of, so, of a single city. Yeah. So after Seoul, which is the capital in Korea, it's LA. <laughs> yeah. So huge, huge population there. And with that, also a lot of restaurants, a lot of good food. Exactly. Um, I mean, you can't even live in LA without even speaking English. I'm, I'm actually from a small town called Gwangyang in Korea. And our population was about 120 to 150K. Um, hasn't changed much since um, I went to school there about 15 years ago. Speaking of your home city, what are, what are they known for in terms of the food that's there? Is there anything in specific that um, regionally in Korea that that area is known for? Yeah, so in Korea, um, the, there, there are a lot of good food and every food tastes very differently based on which area you go to. So you can eat same food in Seoul, you can have same food in, in the, my hometown or the next largest city called Busan or some of the other you know, medium-sized cities. It all tastes different because the way of making those, that same food, the ingredients are all different. And in my hometown, we are very well known for uh, bulgogi, which is the marinated beef. So in our hometown, they actually slice the beef very thin and they marinate it. And uh, one of the different thing we do is we grill on the charcoal. And, and although it's a bit pricey, it tastes really, really good. So when, when we like celebrate special event or anniversary, um, the birthday, uh, families or friends go, you know, grab those uh, bulgogi. I mean, there are other, you know, regular bulgogi that you can get at a cheaper price. Um, but this type of bulgogi is very well known and people from all of the other cities actually come to our hometown to try that dish. So. That's one of the very well-known dish in my hometown. And the other one is actually um, the drinks related, uh, made out of plums. So we have this like huge mountain where they grow plum trees. And every year um, they, they gather all the plums and they make a lot of drinks out of it. So when I grew up, we actually bought plums from from the market and my mom put all the plums with it's actually tons of sugars inside of this container and you let it sit for maybe for a month or two and you will see all the juice coming out and because of the sugar the uh, the juice becomes very thick and and you pour that into another container smaller containers you divide and you actually um, give out to your friends and you know share with other families um, and then from that smaller containers you can have one or two spoons um, into your cup mix it mix up with the water and it tastes amazing so at, at the, the mountain where they grow the plums you can go individually or in groups and they just like give you a basket and kind of like let you pick out the plums or do you just like go to a market and you buy them there um, you can do both. So you can actually pick the plums. So you have this really long stick that you can hit the trees. And when the plums fall on the ground, you can gather them and you can buy it at a cheaper price. 
um, or you can just go there and grab a basket or um, or that's already pre-wrapped um, by the market and and those are tends to be more expensive tell us more about the um, the bulgogi like you mentioned that you can go to a nicer restaurant where it might be a little bit more expensive and that they'll use charcoal so if somebody's never been to a restaurant like this like what can they expect like are they cooking the meat like in front of you where you can see it or are they kind of cook it in the back and bring it out to you and um, like what do you order like what else do you order with, along with the beef like as a side dish that's a great question so similar to Korean barbecue places in the Bay Area uh, when you go to um, have Korean barbecue they bring out um, the marinated meats or you know raw meat so it's similar so they have all the meat uh, prepared for grill so when we order bulgogi they will bring out the meat for us and they will cook for us in some places and some places you get to cook so that varies by different restaurants but yeah I mean all the grills are in front of you so you get to see you know how the meat is being cooked and um, you can just eat right away I definitely love the the experience at the Korean barbecue restaurants like you're mentioning that yakiniku like when you can do all you can eat and there's a long list of different meats that you can order and you have the ability to just grill it yourself they have the grills there if you have a big group they even sometimes have to replace the grills because there's so much meat that you've been uh, cooking on there so they'll take one grill off put another one on and you can just keep bringing like the, the pork the shrimp the octopus the beef whatever you want and uh, so many different options um, so never uh, you know I've never been to um, you know a restaurant like you described where they kind of specialize in the bulgogi like in your home area but um, that sounds like it would be a, a fun experience if I'm ever in that city I'll have to check that out oh yeah definitely you are in the in the in Korea let me know we can try to plan out you know same time to be in Korea and we can all go to our hometown for a couple of days yeah, it'll yeah. be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, what else about um, Korean food? Like your experience, you know, growing up, uh, what your favorite foods were, or like different things that you find in Korea that maybe you're not able to find here in the United States that um, that you you know kind of want to eat when you go back. Um, what do you think about in general, just about Korean food, like other other things that just kind of stand out? I mean, I think. I mean, all the all the dishes that I ate as I grew up are in the Bay Area. I would say the food is a little more greasy in general in United in U.S. compared to what you get in Korea. So, um, I mean, obviously the quality is better in Korea, so I miss that. And um, there are a lot of different night food in Korea. You just go out on the street and you have all these restaurants and small markets open pretty much all day long all night long you get to spend time with your family friends and obviously you drink and you know um, go to karaoke afterwards which is more fun but <laughs> um, but there there are some dishes um, that are very local in Korea that they are known for so you mentioned the night markets, like is that something that you would find in your hometown and in other small towns or is it mostly just in the big cities? Um, 
I mean, most of the market or the restaurants, um, they close pretty late, especially when you sell food. Um, there are a lot of restaurants that open until 3, 4 a.m. or all night. So you just go outside and you grab dinner and you do, you know, I don't know, you hang out with your friends and you drink more, do some karaoke and you get hungry again and you can go to another place. Uh, it, it's very live city. So um, you will see all these different signs as you just walk around the city. Um, but you do have to remember that um, some of the public transportation <laughs> gets um, it, it stops running around 12 30 in the morning so a lot of people try to go home before the time um, but yeah I mean if you want to go anywhere nearby your place you just go outside and you'll find a place for sure and usually um, all the restaurants have good drinks too so as I said soju and beer and you mix them up or whichever you want to drink um, it's there and so. then, do they have any plum drinks, or that's something that's harder to find? Um, that's a harder to, harder to find. Um, it's a pretty local drink, so I mean, I don't. I'm not even sure if any restaurants offer like the plum drinks or plum wine. I mean, there are a few places, but if you want good quality of plum drinks, then people usually make themselves. You moved to the United States when you were about, what, 16 years old? 15. Um, 15, so you you moved um, in high school, you did a couple of years of high school, um, and then you've stayed here for college and, and uh, since you've been working. Um, so when you first came to the United States, um, where, where did you move, like what, what city were you living in, and what was your transition like um, not having access to like the food that you grew up with and having to get used to a new uh, style of food and um so when i first moved into us i ended up in a small city called um, carbondale kansas it's about i'll say 30 minutes away from lawrence kansas but really the house was in the middle of nowhere so if I wanted to go buy something from anywhere, we would have to drive for at least 45 minutes. Um, so um, I got to the airport and I met my host family and on the way we stopped by um, the market called Aldo. Um, they started like putting a bunch of uh, groceries, including a lot of frozen food. And as I grew up, I mean, in Korea, it's pretty normal that your mom or dad cooks for you. So um, frozen food was pretty new to me. Um, but fortunately, I, I brought some instant Korean food as well. So I was able to survive for first two, three months without missing Korean food. Um, so I brought some instant rice, kimchi, um, some of um, some like anchovies and bulgogi too. Um, so it was really, really, you know, good portion of instant food that I brought, but it ran out pretty quickly. And um, I actually had to ask my mom to send more. <laughs> um, so it wasn't an easy transition. Um, I was only 15 and I was living with the new family that I never met in my life. Uh, language was a problem. Um, but, you know, towards to the end of the year, um, I got to speak English a lot better, got to along with the family and got to try, you know, other food that they cook. Um, they actually raised 
150 chickens. So uh, we actually had a lot of eggs, <laughs> and they had a lot of potatoes and the sausages and frozen pizza. Frozen pizza is my favorite, <laughs> uh, and and that's about it. I mean, a lot of snacking um, as well. So. So other other than the food that you brought with you, and then your mom had also sent you some Korean food items like several months into when you were living there. But if it wasn't for that food, there wasn't really any options for Korean food where you were living at the time. So if even if I wanted to go somewhere and eat, I wasn't able to drive. Um, and my host parents are um, pretty busy throughout the week, and um, on the weekends we try to pretty much like stay local um, unless we go out for grocery shopping but there are not that many Korean places either and at the time um, cell phone wasn't as great as what we have nowadays so it was really hard to search um, what are some of the Korean places that are around in in the big city near uh, my place so it was just hard um, to figure out some of those information but when I moved to Indianapolis for uh, my last two years of high school, they actually have some Korean food there that I tried out. Um, there are a few places in in North Indianapolis that I tried, and and obviously when I went to IU, there are a lot of good Korean places there too. So there are a lot of Korean population in in US, and it's pretty easy to find Korean restaurants usually. But Kansas um, was a tough one. Yeah, so Indianapolis, it's, it's a bigger city, maybe about a population of a million. Um, so you're able to find some things there. And then um, at IU, so that's in, in Bloomington, Indiana, uh, where we both went to school. And so there's a couple of uh, Korean restaurants there as well. There's a place called Mama's Korean Food that um, was pretty popular. And um, a lot of people really enjoyed that place. And I think that might have been the first time I ever had Korean food in my life. So Very nice. That was maybe when I was 19, 20 years old. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very different now here in the Bay Area, a lot more options. Um, so just, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, um, different style of Korean food or different uh, number of options that you'll have. Here, so here in the Bay Area, um, in addition to the Korean restaurants that we have, there's also like some Korean markets where you can get groceries and get certain food items that um, are probably imported from Korea. So. What are some of the markets here that you like to go to, and, and what do you typically uh, like buy when you're there? Yeah, so um, the one market that I usually go to is called Gukje Market, which is located in Dali City. Um, and when I'm there, I usually buy a lot of Korean snacks, <laughs> which prevents me from losing weight, um, which I've been trying to do last few weeks. and. Um, I also buy um, kimchi and um, instant rice, some of the frozen dumplings, um, which is my favorite. And sometimes I buy their small dishes that I can eat with the rice, um, some instant curry, um, Korean ramen noodles. Yeah, pretty much all the things that you can think of instant Korean food, I buy them. <laughs> That's uh, Korean markets in Daly City, and then there's a few other options as well uh, here in the Bay Area. Yeah, so uh, there's one in Oakland called Korean Plaza, I believe, and there are two in San Jose. Uh, one is called 
Lorenz Plaza, and the other one is called H-Mart. Um, H-Mart is a very well-known Korean market through, you know, out any regions in U.S. I think if you go any big cities in, in U.S., you will find H-Market. Um, they tend to have um, probably like the cheapest price for the Korean product and the quality is very nice um, and and the market is pretty big compared to others too um, they also have some small restaurants there too so I know recently in H Mart in San Jose they brought in this place called Myeongnang Hot Dog and they are very well known for um, hot dog and, uh, with the cheese inside so when you eat hot dog um, the cheese will be um, extending forever. <laughs> I tried it once and I couldn't uh, cut down, so I had to, you know, use my hand and cut it. <laughs> and so, is that, is that a food that you would also find in Korea, like the hot dogs with the cheese? Yeah. So it it actually started with um, some of the people who broadcast on YouTube, and we call it mukbang. So uh, what they do is they either try. Um, a huge portion of the food and whenever there is a popular uh, place to try out they get the food get they get food there and they they broadcast eating those food and this Myeongnam hot dog was one of the popular place to try out in Korea so people just buy those hot dogs crazy and it was all over on YouTube for a while and um, it finally started in LA not so long ago and it has already made into the Bay Area. I think you know that gives us a good overview of the uh, Korean food like here in the Bay Area um, as well as just you know in the various parts of the United States that you've lived in. You know I think Korean food it's um, maybe not the first uh, type of international cuisine that comes to mind um, you know when you look at the options that are here in the United States but um, as you mentioned, I think it's getting to be more and more popular and particularly in LA might be the hub of Korean food and you can find a lot of it here in the Bay Area and you can even find it in places like Indianapolis and in Bloomington and so you know, I'm sure it's going to continue to um, become something that's more common that people can find in more places, um, especially when you have a cool experience like the Korean barbecue or something like that. So. Is there anything else um, you know that you think that the listeners should know about Korean food or about um, things maybe that they should order if they're checking it out for the first time? I mean, there are a lot of different Korean food that I did not mention. So, um, if you ever get to travel Korea, I would definitely uh, recommend to have um, this whole chicken soup. Um, I think that's maybe one thing that I forgot to mention, but it's very good for your stamina and a lot of people eat during the summer when it's very hot outside. So it has a lot of healthy ingredients and the chicken is filled up with the rice inside and pretty much get to eat the whole chicken with the soup. So um, if you haven't tried, I'm sure there are some places in US that you, you can try, especially um, in LA and and San Francisco as well. Is that something that you've had here in the U.S. or mostly it's something that you've had back in Korea? Um, I actually bought one from Korean market that's instant. So all you do is just, you know, 
put it into the pot and you just boil and you can throw some ingredients it's actually pretty good um, I don't think I tried tried it in any other restaurants I think at most Korean restaurants there are certain typical foods that you'll find like the fried chicken like the seafood pancake like the kimchi fried rice or different things like that and they're um, kind of like widely accepted at Korean restaurants in the United States but then there might be other foods that you'll find in Korea that you won't exactly find at a lot of these restaurants um, exactly like that you just mentioned yeah yeah but if you go to any of the Korean markets that I just mentioned um, during the podcast you will find all of a lot of Korean um, food including like the night food that can be cooked in three minutes in the microwave so I would definitely recommend you to try some of those if it's if you want to try out first before you go out to restaurant and you know try the actual uh, made meal uh, from the restaurants and that's the good thing about um, these markets is that a lot of the food is pretty quick to make and there's a lot because especially if they're um, you know importing things from across the ocean you know they have to make it so that it would be a package that you know will um, you can just store and use it later and have it be pretty instant so yeah yeah and they also make quite a bit of stuff in US too uh, yeah I mean I've been to those um, that particularly the one in Daly City the um, Korean market and they do have it's a very big place and there's just like a lot of good options and they also have like fresh produce, they have fruits and vegetables and um, a big section with all of the different kind of meat that you can get and uh, frozen meats like fish or shrimp or whatever and mm-hmm. then aisles of snacks and rice and, and everything, everything you need. So, so as we're wrapping up the podcast, anything else um, that you think that the listeners should know about Korean food? Um, no, uh, I mean, um, there are a lot of information out there in YouTube. <laughs> so if you are interested in knowing more about um, the Korean food after this podcast, I would definitely um, searching it in YouTube or um, other search engines and you will find a lot of different types of Korean food that's out there. Um, I mean, the, the, the things I mentioned during the podcast is, is just the popular dishes, um, maybe one of the well-known dishes for, I guess, younger um, mid-aged people in Korea. Um, but there are, there are a lot of different types of uh, Korean dishes, especially small dishes um, that we make. So uh, definitely look into those if you're interested. If you want to try any of those, you know where to get them. Yeah, and, and we kind of gave a great uh, starting point for people who wanted to look things up. And they can look up the plum wine and the bulgogi. And they can um, you know look up the Korean barbecue and the hot dogs that have uh, cheese that are filled with cheese. And you can do the pull. Um, so a lot of good options um, for anybody who's in the Bay Area. Check out Coco Bang, great late night option. Check out um, the Korean markets, the H Mart, um, and just so many other uh, Korean restaurants. You have things in Oakland and San Jose. Um, Barn Zoo is another great place that uh, both Justin and I have really enjoyed. Um, so a lot of good options. Yeah. So Justin, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it was good. Um, and thank you, listeners, uh, for tuning in to another episode. Um, as always, feel free to get feedback on the podcast, and we'll see you next time.